Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation and transplantation. You can always find us, guys, at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Kirsten Heights. Back in the studio. Thanks, Kirsten. And I'm Nyla Schwab. And we have a big show planned for you today. Yes, we do. We will be talking to Miriam Nieves, who is the first person living with HIV to get a heart and a kidney transplant through the HOPE Act, which allows HIV-positive donors to donate. I'm so interested in this upcoming conversation. And um, mental health, we're going to be talking about your daily living activities. So this is just something that that we do all day long, and uh, sometimes we just don't think about it. All right. All that more right here, The Gifted Life, thegiftedlife.org. Here on the Gifted Life podcast, we are continuing our conversation about the world's first HIV-positive heart transplant with Louisiana Ties. We've invited back our good friend, Susanna Morton, to the mic. Hello, ma'am. Hello. Just to remind everybody about you, number one, our friend. Uh, Number two, she's Lopa's community educator and public relations specialist. And she, um, at the end of last year, went on this whirlwind um, trip, uh, history-making and life-inspiring. She was telling us. So we have some more friends to introduce you to. Susanna's going to kind of take the reins from here and continue this incredible story. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we here at LOPA get um, the incredible honor of working with our donor families. And, and you know, of course, Nyla, you know, in family services, I mean, it's, you know, just part of helping them heal and sharing their stories. And um, when we had the opportunity to come up for um, one of our donor families, the Newtons, to meet um, their daughter and and sister um, Brittany's recipient. Um, it did happen very fast. It was a whirlwind. Um, and we got there. And when I tell you, this incredible woman just captured our hearts. Yes. And so I am honored to introduce you all to Miriam Nieves. We also have her husband, Julio, on the line. Um, I said, with you, you don't have Miriam without Julio. They have um, lived an incredible journey together and, and life together. So um, we are excited to have you guys um, on the podcast today. Glad to be here. It's it's definitely our pleasure. Well, listen, Miriam, why don't we just kind of start from the beginning? Can you just tell us, um, you know, whether that's from 30 years ago or you, you know, leading up to needing the kidney and then the heart, you want to just kind of give us a little backstory? Uh, It's it's been three decades. It's been uh, 30 years. I want to, I want to start like with my story. Sure. Um, I've been HIV positive for 30 years. I was, um, doing, uh, fairly well with it. Also, um, contracted HIV, um, through, um, drug addiction. So I'm in recovery also for 30 years. 2006, my kidney, uh, started to um, I'm going to say fail because I'd had an nephrectomy, which was a cancerous tumor in my right kidney, which had to be removed. In 2012, um, my left kidney started to uh, fail, lose its 
function. Um, and we started to talk about, um, you know, what would be best, um, going on dialysis. So they were prepping me on, on what, uh, the future possibly could hold for me. Um, it was, um, emotional, um, very, um, hard to take with me and my family. Um, but we discussed it and we made a decision that if, um, I ever uh, needed dialysis, I would go on dialysis, and I did. Um, and going on dialysis, um, I was first told it was very difficult for um, individuals like myself with HIV to obtain a kidney, but they did mention that I could get a kidney from an HIV uh, donor. And I have to say, I stood on that. Um, I registered to be, um, to get a kidney. And I was on the list for a very long time. And my um, kidney continued to fail. Um, and then one day, um, for the grace of God and for the generous gift of life and for the whole program and for LOPA, because kidney came. Um, from Louisiana, um, I was afforded a check, second chance. But prior to that, I had offered a kidney, was offered a kidney, and they would not give it to me because my heart was too weak. So that's where um, my heart failure was, had really declined. Um, I was seeing Dr. Saeed for years, and finally... I was told, me and my family was told I could not get um, a kidney transplant if I didn't have a heart transplant to go with it. Wow. And it had to come from the same donor. That's um, some heavy news, huh? What was it like it to hear was, that? It uh, was devastating to me and my family. And we, we are a family of faith. And, our, and I have to say that our faith is what keeps us going and continuing and I believed in, in, in the doctors. Um, they told me that this surgery was doable and they've done it with um, kidneys and other organs and they saw no difference from the heart. Um, so I, I, I signed up. I, ha- I have a question. I'm sorry. This is Kirsten. I, um, the, when you were first listed, you were listed for just a kidney. And when you were Correct. first listed for just the kidney, they they offered you the opportunity to get a kidney from a, uh, an HIV positive donor as well, or did that not not I come did, till I, later? I, I did not know um, at that point because it was never given to me, so they never um, told me. Gotcha. I, I didn't pass the um, the surgery procedure I failed because of the heart. So I never gotcha. knew whether that kidney was from an HIV donor or not. Okay. But that's when, at that point, was when I learned of, of, of the possibility that they could give me a heart um, from an HIV donor. Um, and we, I signed papers. I talked with my family. Um, the only way I could continue to live a no, uh, somewhat normal life or given 
another opportunity, taking the chance, um, and and do, going for a heart transplant as well. Gotcha. Um, we knew the risk, um, but we decided again as a family that the risk was um, well worth it if I could get a heart. And I have to say, um, I registered for the heart and the kidney. Now there's two organs that I needed. Um, and very quickly, I want to say maybe within a month, um, sorry to say, you know, for the loss of Brittany, but her organs and the Newton family were the ones that gave me, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear up again. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, the second opportunity and the second chance in life. And I have to say that the past, it's going to be 11 months now. Mm-hmm. I, I am here today because of the generous gift of life that they've given me. And I know many people don't know, and many individuals like myself, I'm, I'm HIV positive. I would, I've been for 30 years. Did I even know that I could be a donor to give someone else a second chance if need be. Um, so I'm hoping that that my story reaches people, whether they're healthy or whether they have this underlying condition of HIV, to become donors because, for sure, it, they give someone like me um, another opportunity in life. And that, I'm so forever grateful to the Newton family, to Loper, because they came from Loper, to Montefiore. I had my angels all around me mm. just um, pushing for me. Yeah. And you mentioned you know, and that, family. that you didn't know that you, mm. could, you could be a donor. And, and you were right. When you, were, when you first uh, became HIV positive, it was not an option. It didn't uh, become an option until the, the passing of the HOPE Act in, in twenty. Um, 13, 2013. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. 2013. Um, you know, Miriam, I, we, um, I think on a previous podcast, we interviewed Dr. Saeed, who I'm sure you consider one of your angels as well. <laughs> um, you know, yes. because I know he's been with you through a lot of this process. Um, and of course your biggest angel, like you said, Brittany, um, you know, with her and her family saying yes to donation and and giving you that second chance. Um, You know, I know from our side, you know, we are, we're on the donation side. We get, we work with these families, you know, who have suffered this incredible loss and um, walking them through this process. And I know when, um, you know, when we found out about you and the opportunity um, to possibly bring them to meet you, you know, they were very nervous. They were very um, sort of unsure of what to expect. Um, and my goodness, what what did we throw you all into, huh? With the um, all of the media and the the questions and the interviews. Um, uh, just to talk about Brittany a little bit, you know, I think. A couple of things that that stand out to me with her is her nickname was Lady. Do you remember they they I think they've shared that yes. with us, huh? Because um, they said she was always yes. such a lady. You oh, know, I love that's that. so sweet. 
yeah, they said she, you know, and they did. They said she was giving. She was kind. Um, I will say with Brittany, um, one of the things I did ask the family before coming to meet you um, was about her living with HIV. Um and the family actually did not know that she was HIV positive um, until the time of her death, until she passed. And then when all, I guess all of the testing and things came back on the organs, um, that's when, you know, they realized she was HIV positive and said, you know, OK, well, let's see if we can find somebody um, who needs that heart. And so that's when Miriam comes into the picture. Um, is there anything else um Miriam, I know one thing I, I'm going to ask you if there's anything else. And then I have one more thing and I want you to tell them. I know you probably don't have it right in front of you, so I'm going to talk about it. But then I want you to tell us what um, it meant to you. One thing that um, the Newtons gave Miriam when they met her um, was a plaque. Um, do you care if I read that, Miriam? Are you OK with me reading the plaque oh, that they gave do. you? Yeah, um, yes. It says a lady's heart of gold. And if I'm not mistaken, it was um, one of Brittany's um, aunts that wrote um, the poem. But it's a lady's heart of gold. Um, and the plaque is purple because purple was her um, favorite color. And it says a second chance that's one of a kind, a blessing from God that's so divine. For he is the reason we are here to celebrate a second chance of a life so dear. We are joined under unforeseen circumstances, but we are thankful for life's second chances. We will always keep you near, even though we are miles apart. We love you already because you have our heart. Oh, Praying I, for I you always. Right now. <laughs> the Newton family. And I'm tearing oh. up as I'm reading it because, you know, I just thought how... Um, Thoughtful, yeah. and you know, I mean, Miriam encompassed so much, like yes. the color. Late when you said "lady" in the in the title, I was like, okay, yeah, watch yeah. out. Here's and so. Miriam, maybe just talk about that experience because I know for me, the connection that you all seem to have immediately. You know, what was that like for you? Oh my God, it was it was incredibly beautiful. It was almost like I've known them. Um, the Newton family for for a long time. Like we really connected, and to this day, I I text um, Bridget and I and I'll send a text to Brianne and say just checking in and saying hello. Um, and Bridget, the the mom calls me and my text is she calls me lady. What's on the um, on the poem. But when I read that poem, I'm like, that is so Brittany, um, as they described her to me. Because it's only someone that has a heart of gold um, that would, or someone that, you know, loves life that would be willing to give someone else a second opportunity at life. Um, and for that, I am I'm so ever grateful, and I'm in my beliefs. I will get to thank her one day. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. You know, this is Nyla, and we I work with the families after donation, and so many families just wonder how the recipients are doing, and so you're you're your passion for life. And, and we even see that in your story because you were on the wait list for so long waiting for this organ and then the challenge of needing a second organ. And yet you kept pushing for life. And 
and that is such an honor for families, I, I find. They just want to know that the person on the other side is doing well. And so I just want to say on behalf of all families who say yes to donation, thank you. No, thank you. And thank you all for the organizations that you guys work for, which which is just showing that, you know, human life and love is really what matters. And I say it today in this world, we need love like like no other times. You know, I agree with you. Yeah. And and so on that love note, let's bring in your husband, because I can't even imagine like what it's like for him. Because when we tell our families, you know, your loved one saved three lives, one life, uh, six lives through donation, we always add and the circle of support that surrounds them. And so, you know, sometimes we forget about the husband, the children, the friends, the neighbors. It impacts everyone. I always say that it depends on your seat at, at the table, how this impacts you. So, Julio, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. Can you walk us through? You've been listening to this story, but more importantly, you've been living it. Um, so just tell us your thoughts on all that has, has transpired. Yeah, well, it, it, it has been... Um far from a miracle, everything that's transpired, um, you know, from the donors to the doctors, um, uh, you people who, who take the time to, to include, you know, a very special population, which is the HIV population now, and getting the, the grants and the, the, the okay to go ahead and utilize and people who are HIV positive in a in a positive way and make an impact on the world. Um, you know, uh, people with, with, with HIV were considered, you know, there was a stigma, a big stigma behind it. There's still a lot of it exists, but to hear and see that these things are now possible to keep people alive, you know, it, it's, it's incredible. As far as... Um, my journey with with Miriam has been has been uh, interesting. You know, there have been some tough times, especially when her her organs started to fail. Um, that was very scary. Um, you know, but through uh, hope and prayer and belief, you know, I um, I knew that something was going to happen. I didn't know when. In the interim, I was I was very scared many times to see. See my wife, you know, well, like kind of, I deteriorate a little bit, and then, and then getting calls of possibilities, well, gave my hope more of an aspiration to to say, you know what, it's going to be okay, and and I am just beyond gratitude, you know, to everybody, the donors, uh, the doctors, uh, organizations such as yours, to to make all this possible, make a difference in the world. And, you know, thank you, Julio, for joining in with us today, too, because I think that was one of the most moving things for me to experience with you all is, um, you know, you, Julio, your y'all's children, you know, and um, just the impact that it had on them, um, you know, as children and then through teenage years and adulthood even, you know, um, and, and the way y'all have just stuck by one another and um, withstood, I mean, incredible obstacles, you know, to get to this point. I mean, I, I, 
I continue to tell everybody and just even tearing up sitting here looking at y'all's picture and, you know, thinking of meeting you all. I mean, I fell in love with every single one of you. Y'all are just the epitome of a grateful recipient and family. Um, One thing I did want to ask, Miriam, um, I know we're getting ready to... um, to wind down here, but did you say that Bridget, Brittany's mom, calls you lady as well? Yes. That is so cool. <laughs> That's really neat. Yes. I didn't realize that she'll, she she'll also. Start off with... <clears throat> go ahead. Go ahead. She'll start off with, um, hi, my lady. How are you? How are you Aww. doing? Just keep on. I think, and you know, um, that was really cool to me because um, Brianne, the sis- her sister, was kind of the spokesperson for the family for the interviews and that kind of thing. And Bridget, y- you know, um, was quiet in the beginning, but it was crazy to me the connection that you and Bridget had very quickly, you know, and just, um, yes. I'm sure, too, being both being mothers and, you know, having that. Um, but I, I just, um, you know, thank you. Thank y'all for, for your time. And, um, is there anything else you want to add just about the experience of meeting them or, um, you know, having the transplant, um, in general? Uh, I am very grateful that it's going really well for me, but most importantly, I'm so grateful for meeting the Newton family. When I wrote my letter to the Newton family and they got it like after I met them, but I wrote it prior to meeting them. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and they had in not my received. Letter, she, she, they finally received it. They said, "Okay, okay." But um, I told them that I really would love to meet them one day. Aww. And I believe I wrote that letter like October thirty first, before even knowing yeah. um, <clears throat> we were going to do a release for Thanksgiving. And then to know that they wanted to meet me as well was like, oh, my God, so joyful in my heart. I was like, oh, my God, I wanted to meet them from the minute I was conscious and awake and speaking. It was like, oh, can I do you can I meet my donors? And they were like, oh, we have to ask them. You can write them a letter, but you can't. (laughs) tell them your name you can't you can't send no pictures like it was very limited yeah it really like, was crazy how quickly it happened you because want to meet them. so meeting them kind of brought my journey to a full circle Aww. because now I have an extended family and we're looking at once I get released they tell me I could get go on vacation <laughs> When I reach a year and I'm going to Louisiana to Yeah. Well, just so you know, <laughs> just so you know, Miriam, we put a little bug in Dr. Saeed's ear and told him <laughs> that the, the, the quicker he can do that, the better that we're we're needing to get you down here. So we said for the sooner they can he can release you on his end, um, the better. And, you know, we cannot wait for that moment. I can tell you, though, there are a lot of people in Louisiana and honestly all over this country now um, who know your family, who love your family um, and, of course, love the Newtons and, you know, the gift that Brittany um, 
was able to give to you. And so we just thank you all so much for uh, as quickly as all of that happened, um, being willing to be a part of that and, and, you know, have that opportunity to meet and let us do it on national television for that matter. (laughs) Um, But we, we thank you all so much and um, we just hope for continued health and wellness and hopefully a, a good, um, uh, a good release very soon. Yes, I hope to see you very soon. And you know, I love the, I love Bridget, Brittany. I love them all. Um, they're my second family. Um, they gave me life, and for that, I would be forever so grateful. Thank you, guys. In every episode of The Gifted Life, we take a moment for mental health. Nyla, what are we covering today? Well, we are going to continue our converse- conversation that we started with episode 209. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about the stool and trying to keep balance. And we we talked on our last episode that one leg of that stool is support. Mm-hmm. And the reason I like the, the stool analogy is because we sit throughout our whole day and it's a great time that now anytime my derriere hits a chair, I kind of do a check and say, how am I doing today? Mm -hmm. And with that, I kind of run through my list sometimes, like when things get hectic. It's Uh just a great reminder. Also, who hadn't sat in a chair that's kind of rocky or either sat at a table where the table, you know, you put sugar packets or maybe that's old school. That's to me. (laughs) (laughs) It bothers you, right? (laughs) So, and this is our life. Like we're never really going to always have balance, but that's what we're shooting for. So today we're talking about our daily living activities. And with that, it's just what do you do um, every day? And, you know, our grit, like, I don't know, y'all's list, my list continues continues to grow. I'm a born procrastinator. It's not <laughs> something I'm proud of. My, my stuff always gets pushed to the next day's calendar next right? day because I don't have enough time. But it, it, it can add stress. Yeah, and the reason exactly. we send this card out to our families at four months, because we know that things are changing along their grief journey. People's lives are going back mm-hmm. to, to their, to a different routine, their own routine. And we, and we find that people are really feeling lost. Mm. They're starting to settle down and figure out, like, how am I going to do life without my loved one? Right. And so this is a great this is a great card, an analogy, a way to kind of think through how balanced am I? Because if you're procrastinating, you're already in a crisis, something you haven't faced before, and it's hard. What do you do? And so we're asking people to kind of go through and look at your checklist. So look. Possibly just get one thing off your your list. Mm-hmm. If it's a crazy day, if it's a hectic day, it's a hard day, or you're in grief, just maybe doing one thing. Maybe it's just doing a shower. And it's having that grace or having that self-compassion towards yourself to say, you know, that's enough for today, yeah. but I did do one thing. So you aren't trying to be balanced. You're trying to to work toward balance. And that helps with your mental health. That helps with with the your you know the struggles that you're going mm-hmm. through so for me i need to do it every day that's my weakest link on the stool is my to-do list yeah always always picture that well you know and it, it's a good lesson you know every day to kind of just check in yeah are my needs getting met? Yeah. All right. Thanks, All right. Nyla. Maybe you have a topic you'd like for us to cover here at The Gifted Life. All you have to do is email us, info at thegiftedlife.org. 
In our question and answer segment today, does the HOPE Act also make accommodations for those living with HIV to become living donors. Now, I remember some of this. We had uh, an episode of The Gifted Life where we actually covered this specific topic. We so pretty sure did, yeah. yes. And it does. It does. And we, if you get a chance, I highly re- recommend that you go listen to episode 113, where we interviewed the first person living with HIV that was a living donor. And her name was Nina. Just a cool, Mark, cool human. Yep. Like, Wow. Really cool. And then we also got to uh, interview Dr. Uh, Christine Durand, who was really instrumental in um, getting the HOPE Act off the ground. And she had some great information, too. So check that episode out when you get a chance. All right. TheGiftedLife.org. Easy to find. And if you have a question, give us a call. 504-648-3477. In every episode of The Gifted Life, we honor a hero. Today's hero, Brittany Newton. And we've learned about Brittany um, from her family, and these are the words um, from her sister, Brianne. Brittany Newton, a lady with a heart of gold. Brittany was an aspiring nurse, CNA, who spent years working with the elderly. She had a very sweet, helpful, forgiving, protective spirit. She truly loved her family, and to know her was to love her. She was kind, humbled, and lived her life to the fullest. She left this world being a blessing to others through her selfless act of organ donation. Brittany's years on earth were short, but through organ donation, her spirit lives on. She will be missed, forever loved, and remembered by her family and all that knew her. We pause and say thank you to Brittany for the gift of life. Episode 211 of The Gifted Life in the Books, guys. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. And remember, you can register as an organ tissue and eye donor anytime. Registerme.org. We want to thank our own Susanna and Miriam Neves for coming on <sighs> and sharing what her story. incredible mm-hmm. story. Oh, yeah. It was wonderful to to just hear how how... You know, the medical world is changing and more and more people are helped through the gift of donation. Life and hope. Just amazing. Yes. The best place to find us, guys, at our website, thegiftedlife.org. You can hear more stories like the one you heard today. Listen there and find links to listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating. It really helps others find us. On social, you can like our Facebook page, please. The Gifted Life Podcast is what it's called. You can also follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Gifted Life Pod. Our ask is that you go out and do something you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. Until next time. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Nyla Schwab. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. Intern is Rebecca Ranham. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. <laughs>